Welcome to Episode 2 of Spirit in the Material World. I'm your hostess and guide on this journey, Jana Zinzi. Happy Black August, (laughs) y'all! It is also a freedom summer out here, so please make sure to follow the Movement for Black Lives, who is keeping that Black Lives Matter energy up through organizing for policy change in our communities and our country. I want to take this minute before we dive in to encourage you to text DEFEND, D-E-F-E-N-D, to 90975 to stay in touch with how you can make sure that collectively we are maintaining momentum to stop the war on black people. It took me a minute to get this episode up because I wanted to focus on Haiti and Lord knows I just have had so many feelings and things I've wanted to say, but honestly haven't known where to start. Eventually I'll get into a rhythm with creating this kind of content, but it's a fucking pandemic and we're all doing our best, okay? So let's begin our journey to a very special place in the Caribbean that is both exalted and disrespected depending on who you ask. Visiting Haiti was the last international trip I took before COVID, and it was a long-time dream come true for me. I've been wanting to go there to study dance, and last December, I was part of a magical crew that went down to Cap Haitian with singer, dancer, educator, and designer, Riva Nairi Precio. She'll be our special guest for this episode, and the music that you're hearing is from her. The song playing right now is called Crié which means cry in Creole. She shared that it's a song about crying and being saddened about the things we've lost, parts of our culture and parts of our traditions. It's about losing things that are part of our makeup and that it's also a call to reconnect with those things. It feels very relevant for these times that we're experiencing and also for the journey we'll be going on throughout this episode. I am half Haitian by blood and relatively disconnected from this part of my heritage. I am adopted and was raised by two of the most magnificent people on the planet. However, I was not raised around Haitian culture. Culturally, I'm African American and Italian, and we out here. (laughs) But as I've gotten older, I sought out more information about my ancestry and particularly have wanted to connect with Haitian culture and history. Dance has been that bridge for me, first in my 20s dancing in sweaty New York City studios with the amazing master teacher, Peniel Gueyer, and now with Tuse Pa, an educational folkloric dance experience led by Presil. When we think about revolution and fighting for freedom, Haiti is a blueprint. Although the political situation there is unstable and government corruption has been an issue for decades, well, y'all already know what America's looking like. But there is something powerful about knowing that black people and our allies have overthrown slavery. There is a model for this that provides inspiration and information. I also want to note that within this powerful history, there's also a stigma attached to Haiti because of the voodoo tradition. The revolution was initiated by a voodoo priest at a ceremony with hundreds of slaves in August of 1791. Later that same night, a slave revolt began as fires spread along plantations in the north of the island and enslaved people murdered their captors. 
In our three full days in Okop, we both danced and visited historical sites. We studied Ibo, the dance of revolution. We danced Banda to honor Gede, the spirits of death and fertility, and also Yanvalu, embodying the divine feminine energy and flow of water. It was pretty incredible to visit the citadel, which was built after the revolution to keep the French out. Our Banda dance class was held with amazing views of the citadel. We were dancing on sacred land, barefoot, connecting with the earth, and it really was one of the highlights of my dance life. I got to experience Ayati, yes, Ayati, which is the Taino name for the island because Ayati means mountains. And I got to experience this beautiful island with seven other amazing Caribbean American women. Riva and her husband, uber talented musician, Monvelino, and the dope, 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 dope women of the Getaway Adventure who organized the experience. Listen, they did their thing, and y'all should follow them. Le, L E underscore getaway, one word underscore adventure. I'm shouting them out because they organized everything to a T and are just super beautiful, um, lovely local women. I had the opportunity to chat with Riva a few weeks back about being a bridge and a conduit to help more Haitian women connect with their heritage and also to demystify and destigmatize Haitian culture through music and dance. So let's dive in. Welcome, Riva Nairi Pesil. I'm trying to get my little French accent. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. You said it beautifully. Thank, Thank you for you. pronouncing it well. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. I've, like, uh, studied Spanish for most of my life, so um, my French teachers would be like, it's French, not Spanish, as an adult, and I'd be like, I'm trying. Right, yeah, the R's, the R's. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. Um, so, thank you so much for having me. Yeah. I, I really um, am excited for this conversation, and please forgive any um, background Brooklyn noises in advance. Sure. <laughs> because, I love um, it. You know, people are turning up with their, you know, drop tops outside. We have this neighbor who has like a vintage vehicle and he has the greatest sound system. But every time mm. he drives by, it's just so that was him. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> I love yes. it. I love the uh, the Brooklyn background ambiance. I think it's fantastic. <laughs> right. You were it's doing mode. it is. It is. You were doing a um, a beautiful conversation with our friend, our sis. Uh, Manolia on IG Live, and there was like the ice cream truck in the background. And I was like, I love Brooklyn. Yeah, I love Brooklyn. ice cream truck, ambulance. It's just, yeah, it's never yeah. a dull moment. It's definitely totally. alive. It's totally alive. Yes, yes. So speaking of that, I would love to. I'm really curious about your background. I know you are um, in Brooklyn now, um, mm-hmm. and you were raised. Um, partially in Brooklyn as well, if, if I'm getting that right. But your story yes. is just really beautiful and fascinating to me of kind of living in both of these dual worlds and growing up part-time in New York and, you know, a lot of your upbringing being in Haiti. Um, and I'd love to hear just a little bit of your upbringing and your story and how this was seeding your love and passion for dance and music. And Haitian culture. Yeah. Um, well, I'm, I'm actually, um, I was born in Brooklyn, and then I moved to Haiti at the age of five. 
and then moved back at 16 and then, um, but you know, back to Brooklyn, mm-hmm. went to college in New Orleans, spent some time there and then back, back here again. Um, and I go to Haiti periodically, um, now as an adult, but, um, right. hope, hopefully we'll own some land there and live there later on in life um, when things align. But, yeah. um, because I moved to Haiti at that, at that age, um, I feel my, channels were very open. I was, um, you know, just very excited to be in this new space. And I was very um, eager to learn about the culture. So I, um, at a very early age, started taking, um, you know, dancing lessons, traditional Haitian dancing, um, which is folklore. And Mm -hmm. I started, um, I was studying also under this really amazing um, artist. He's like a painter, sculptor. He, he goes by the name of Siga. And I, I went to his summer camp for for many summers. And um, I took theater lessons. So I was immediately immersed in um, the culture. My, my mom, who is American, um, also was very open-minded and had a really um, cool approach with the way that she sort of let me um, learn about the culture and really... Um, showed me some things that I feel um, would have been different if maybe I had both Haitian parents um, because Mm -hmm. I wasn't a a typical Haitian household, um, whereas, like, my Haitian neighbor friends wouldn't have Mm -hmm. that same experience. Like, my mom took me to voodoo ceremonies, and, um, you know, I I was often at at this very eclectic hotel that had lots of live music and lots of... um, Lots of, you know, very, um, I would say, cultural uh, experiences that were pertaining to Haiti, you know, like the real Haitian experience. Um, So ever since I was really little, I I took a liking to the music, um, to the melodies. I started teaching art classes in my, like, apartment complex. Um, I had like all the art so supplies sweet. and oh. <laughs> I had my weekly classes. Um, and I've started making jewelry really young too. So, um, when I moved back here, um, I did take some more, um, classes to, to learn more about like technique. Like I did take jewelry classes and then I ended up going to high school and studying, um, you know, vocal performance and then in college music therapy. So I, I sort of, fine-tuned a lot of these things, but I was right. always sort of dancing and acting and, and, and singing and and creating art um, just from a really young age. And I think my mom played a big role in sort of encouraging me and, and uh, pushing me to, to participate in all these different, you know, activities. It's really beautiful and, and special to have like that um, parental support and guidance, you Absolutely. know? Absolutely, yeah. And so what you were saying too about that your experience having, you know, an American mom um, and as opposed to, like, your neighbor who would have two Haitian parents. So Mm -hmm. is it that, you know, folks were – there's a lot of respectability, I think, too, and, like, around – was it that your Haitian neighbors were like, oh, no, we don't want you to participate in anything that's around voodoo or folklore? Um, what was that how do you see that as like a difference um from your experience with your mom being more open yeah well um even something as simple as the language creole um right my neighbor who i love to use um as an example because we grew up literally you know across the street from each other but had such different experiences of Haiti mm-hmm. um 
And when I met her, she didn't speak Creole. She she had never spoken it. And she was born and raised in Haiti. And wow. We were, we were already, you know, like 10 or right. you know, double digits. And she said, you know, my, my family forbids me to speak Creole. And that's all I spoke. <laughs> because right. that's the language of the people. Like, that's what you speak in the streets. Like, that's mm-hmm. how you buy something you know every right i mean a hundred percent of the country speaks creole and then you know a small a smaller percentage speaks um french because that's what's taught in the education system but um you know she was from a i would say a um a decent um family um class wise and Mm -hmm. they just did not um allow it it was forbidden and i started hanging out with her and i would go over and i'd be speaking like you know not just um any Creole, it was like the the street Creole, like the the, the, ru- the rougher accents, and um, and her her family, you know, sort of would discourage her, or they didn't forbid her, you know, was mm. that that deep, but they did right. sort of, you know, it, I was frowned upon, my presence was frowned upon because wow. I was a speaking Creole, I was, you know, um. Not that I was as um, eclectic as I am now, I would say, <laughs> but they knew of you know um, my, you know where I was going and you know going to ceremonies, and, and they felt like I was sort of teaching their daughter these things that they had worked so hard to keep her um, away from. Right. But to me, it was as a, as a child, I remember being so boggled by the fact that she how how were they able to keep her so sheltered in the country? It's insane mm-hmm. to me. Um, so anyway, she speaks Creole now. Yeah. <laughs> she, she, she learned over the years. Right um, on. She lives there, but um, but just to say that like a lot of um a lot of people that I know who live in Haiti don't actually experience a lot of that culture because their families are either afraid or they're just mm. they look down upon it or you know their families taught them um you right. know that it's it's that that we don't that's not something that we do like our family doesn't partake or you know doesn't even acknowledge it and it's just it's insane because it's it's the core of the culture <laughs> you know, right like if we're, if we're really going to you know be honest with ourselves so it's just it's sad it's a sad reality but i do feel that um now like the youth my my um my generation and the one after is is way more open and um and 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 searching for for more connection and and more understanding and and answers finding answers so i'm happy to yeah. see that there's a movement um and a momentum in that direction because it was you know looking meek for a while yeah that i mean that makes sense um one of like you know unfortunate like class differences right and trying to like assimilate in certain ways or be mm-hmm. um you know have access to greater opportunities and from what i would assume you know more like i hate to use western because it's like that doesn't really you know capture it mm-hmm. but um mm-hmm. you know more like international or foreign wealth right tending to yeah. be more like white wealth and 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 mm-hmm. like trying to ascend to those and be mm-hmm. more um you know palatable um yeah and so that's i think such a tragedy too is you know and i think that like diasporic peoples we have so much of that built into our upbringing up in you know built into our culture and how we survive and we do get a lot mm-hmm. of that passed down of like no oh, you know like our parents want us to 
ascend and build wealth and, you know, have safety and have access to things that they didn't have. But then, mm-hmm. you know, it, a lot of times it comes with a cost of having to be put in a certain box or lose certain certain learnings, you know, and, and dis- disassociate certain pieces of ourselves. Um, yeah. And so with what you're doing, um, from what I, my experience with you and learning about your work has been through um, this incredible trip that we took to mm-hmm. Haiti to study dance, folkloric dance with you um, in December. And yeah. Riva, like, I, I don't even play when I say how much that, that changed my life. Um, mm. It really, especially considering the time that we're going through now, one, with pandemic, COVID, mm-hmm. two, with the um, revolution, for lack of a better word. I mean, I really think mm-hmm. that's what it is that yeah. we're experiencing now. Being able to be in Haiti reminds me so much of the strength of our ancestors and really being able yeah. to lean on that. And mm-hmm. I'd love to hear more about your work with Tusepa and... What struck me is I was listening to an interview with you and you were talking about how important it is for you to help other Haitian folks, particularly Haitian women, connect with the culture. So it seems like it's something you've been doing since you were a kid. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's true. You know? It's true. Um, I'm so happy that that experience was um it, that it resonated with you in that way and that um, that it was that powerful. Because for me, too, um, at that time, I really, I needed that trip and um, mm-hmm. and going to those grounds where we went in Capaisian, which is in the north yes. side, and, um, you know, the grounds where, where the revolution basically was birthed. Um, and, right. you know, and it came from, from a voodoo ceremony. I mean, it, it, it that was what um, sort of set everything off. Um, obviously anger um, was a big part of it as well. Um, (laughs) But the fact that they were able to muster up the strength, um, you know, through um, ancestral magic is is the part that's the most interesting and and speaks loudly to me. Um, So I was so um, excited to be able to put that trip together um, because it, it, you know, aligned so well with what I was already doing. the Tutsipa classes that I have, um, they're classes, workshops. Um, I, like I said, I, I had started dancing as a young girl in Haiti, and I've always taken classes here in New York, and I always, I've, I've had a number of really amazing instructors, mm-hmm. but I always felt that, um, that there's a sort of disconnect when it comes to, um, explaining really the core of of the rhythms and the and the dances and where they actually come from um, it's sort of like <laughs> it's sort of like unspoken we go and we dance and we sweat and it's amazing and everyone leaves you know with this adrenaline high but it's like i find that it could be so much more of a meaningful experience if we actually you know bring it you know just put it all on the table and and, and say what it is um, mm-hmm. Because folklore, you know, it stems from from voodoo. It's it's in the perisil, in the temple, that these dances were created when someone was in a trance or <clears throat> possessed, for lack of a better word, um, that they then danced these dances or sang these sang these songs 
and then someone recorded it or, you know, passed it down orally through oral tradition or or, or saw the dance and, and mimicked it, but it, it wasn't taught, like, you know, in a ballet studio. It was, it, <laughs> they they come from, um, from these ceremonies. So I um, took it upon myself to start this workshop where I break down the rhythms because oftentimes also when you go to a class, it's, it's um it's a number of rhythms because there are some slow rhythms, there's some mid-tempo, there's, you know, fast. So, you know, the teacher will usually take you through a progression of movements. Yeah. And he'll be, commu- or he or she will be communicating with the drummer what rhythm is up next. And as the dancer, you're sort of, there's like a disconnect. You're just sort of, uh, you there. don't really know unless you know. <laughs> exactly. <It's just laughs> there. So I I was just like, no, nah, I, I feel that we need to talk about this. Like, what is Nyavalu? Why does this feel like this? What is what is really happening? Is this water? Is this air? Who is this? Like, what is mm-hmm. it? So um, so I started teaching classes um, um, just a few years ago, actually, maybe five years now. Um, and I started them small. And isolated, just like, you know, a Yanvalu class or a Pitbull class. Um, and the response was overwhelming. And, and like you said, like many women, um, mostly of Haitian descent, who had never taken a dance class before, because the, the, the point is not to become a professional dancer through these classes. It's to connect and to, under, and to educate yourself and to really to, to arm yourself with these, with this knowledge and with this wealth of culture that we have at our disposal, if we just tap into that. So, right. um, I was so happy to to see that there were so many people, um, not just Haitian descent. You know, many um, Afro descendants. We had also um, some European women in there. It was just a great yep. mix of people who just were um, were just um, interested. So. The workshop is, as I said, one rhythm at a time. We really focus on like the colors, the the element, the spirits, um, and then really, it's sort of you know, it's a whole experience. So, um, I was contacted by a group in Haiti who already organized trips. You know, um, Lozi, um, yeah, has the the um, the getaway adventures. She so she's right. already organized trips, so she has all the experience. So when she reached out to me with this idea that we would take these dances to the grounds of the revolution and she left it up to me to choose which rhythms we would focus on and I was like, oh, bet, we're definitely mm. doing Ibu, which is the fire dance of freedom. We're definitely, you know, so it, it yes. just all clicked and um, and it was such a successful trip. I was so happy. I mean, you know, some things had to change because we had changed the date, but right. um, but it all ended up, you know, working out just as it, as it was supposed to, as it was meant to. And, um, we had scheduled another one, uh, unfortunately, that got canceled because of, you know, the pandemic. That's right. But um, but we, we hopefully will, will have more of its kind because, um, you know, we'd like we'd like to add another day, add another um, stop, like another location um, at, at in Capaicin because there's so many different spots that are mm-hmm. historical and that are relevant, you know, to the history. So, um so yeah, I hope to to do more like that. Um, right now, I've sort of taken a pause because people have asked me to do things virtually, and mm-hmm. it's, just, <laughs> it's just very it's just very different, you know. I I did do one for my for my birthday when the pandemic first hit um, in March, uh, end of March. I did offer like a IG live uh, dance class, which was you know free of charge. I let people you know give donations if they felt, and I just taught a class. But I just feel like 
it doesn't feel right, you know? Yeah, I know <laughs> exactly it that what way. you mean. It's hard. Yeah, though, and I've taken classes online as well since this this um this period of time, and and it doesn't. It's just it's not it's not sitting. Dancing is yeah. just a whole nother thing, you know, like being in community, being there Absolutely. live with the music. It's just a whole different experience. So I've, totally. um, I've sort of chosen to, to step back for, for a moment and it's okay. Mm-hmm. And we'll, 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 you know, we'll, we'll reconvene when the time is right. Um, sort of just figuring that out right now, but, mm-hmm. but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to more trips whenever that is possible in the future. Yes, me too. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> And I feel you, um, I mean, there's so many things, but one, as a student, both as a student and a teacher, so I've been taking this time during COVID, I've been studying more with um, one of my teachers here, uh, La La Maestra Kathy Hernandez. She's an Mm -hmm. Afro-Cuban teacher. She's incredible. So she does, similar to with like what you were talking about, she focuses, she does Cuban dance across the board. Um, mm-hmm. but she does a lot of folkloric dancing. And so what I like about her, similar to you, is people don't understand the complications of all these rhythms. Like the communication that you're having with, as a teacher, with the drummer, a lot of times, like, I didn't, even in class, I'd be like, okay, all right. You know, I'm like trying to find the beats and the rhythms and like, what rhythm am I supposed to be dancing to? And you know, even though she's explaining the story and explaining the moves, the the rhythms were this whole other thing that I didn't really start to understand until Mm -hmm. I'm taking these classes through Zoom um, with her. And it's it's wild because it's like you're trying to listen to the rhythm knowing (laughs) that Kathy's going to be on a, probably on a different beat than I am because of the way that the sound transmutes. Like it's so, it's, it's weird, you know? Mm-hmm. And so for certain classes, even though I feel like I've been able to get my technique up, I've been able to really understand, you know, she'll, she'll say like the energy's different. She misses her drummers, you know, and, mm-hmm. and, and there is an energy that I miss of being in the space. And then too, I'm teaching burlesque classes mm-hmm. and, you know, through Zoom, it's great because I get to see people and then it's accessible to folks who couldn't come to my class in L.A., but yeah. it is, the energy is so different, you know, like mm-hmm. it's not, there's there's a conversation that's happening through dance a lot of the time, whether you're with the drummers, you know, or with just the other people that you're in that physical space with. So mm-hmm. um, I understand why you're like, let me take this break. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know? it's, it's just just until it's right again, because right That's now right. it's um, right. it's it's funky. Yeah, <laughs> it's it is it is. So, but during this time, you've been creating some new music. Um, what kinds of other things have been kind of coming up for you culturally? I know you've done some like beautiful new moon baths and full moon experiences. Yeah. But um, how has the music and art been helping you get through this time? And I think especially, like, Haitian art and music and culture is so important for the conversation right now as we're going through this revolutionary time as something to really look towards and to really, I think, um, immerse ourselves in. So what what have you been doing for your spirit and your um, artistic uh, creativity vibe right now? Yeah, it's um it's definitely been fertile grounds for creativity, I would say, during this time. Um 
I have been creating new music with my husband. Um, We've created a number of things, um, you know, because I feel like since this pandemic has happened, like there have been so many waves of emotions, like different layers. Hmm. Um, In the beginning, it was more challenging, I I found. And, you know, over time, we found a better balance. But it's just I feel like I've been through every emotion, (laughs) basically, with the same. I don't know how many hundred days now. Uh-huh. Um, so we we have created um, like you know we created quarantine music like you know that was sort of fun and and, and upbeat. But we we also um, I've I've sort of um, tapped into this new space that I feel I was shying away from for a long time, which is like like you said like the sort of guided meditation, the the full moon or the new moon bath, you know, releasing or attracting. Um, I, I feel that because there's such a big um, wave of that right now, yeah. I always feared that it would, like, come off as inauthentic or, or just, like, doing it for for the, for the money or whatever. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't want to do it if it was if – it, if it wasn't actually – like a calling if I didn't feel like it was in this, you know, I had to do this otherwise. So right. I, I, cause I, you know, I've, I've hosted some small circles in my home um, with, you know, close friends, just keep it really intimate. Um, and I also, you know, we did a little bit of uh, activity when we were in Haiti also like by the poolside for the, for, for the, yes. full moon. <laughs> you know, <laughs> just, um, just tapping into it. And, um, and, and during this time, I, I think I had just like suggested like on a story one day, I was like, would, would anyone be up for like a new moon gathering? Cause I feel, I felt like we needed, um, community and yeah. so many people, um, responded and were really interested. So I, I just did it. I did a Zoom call and, you know, it includes all the things that I'm already doing. It includes, you know, singing. It has some movement. We had, um, you know, candle work. We had, you know, our pen and paper, writing our intentions. Um, and and my our music sort of um, took shape along with that um, movement. So when we created mm. our last song, Ayi Bubu, I was very um, involved in the production side where my husband is Mobilino. He's usually the one who produces and he does most of the writing and then I'll just come in and like, you know, lay the vocals down. Okay. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> but in this case, I, I really wanted to make sure that the song was like very, like an incantation, like meditative, mm-hmm. like it had, like it, it, it would like take you in a trance. Like I could meditate to the to this song and so he had created a first version and it was you know like bumping and I was like no like we have to strip it down like I, I really had to um you know because it's hard to, to convey certain <laughs> emotions through sound right. when you don't have like the technicality because he's an he's an amazing musician um sure. and I can just you know beatbox for him what I'm thinking <laughs> I love that I would love different to see language. that happen. yeah <laughs> Um, so he, but he got it. He, he, he speaks my language. So we, we, we found a sound that really, um, you know, he used a lot of earthy, um, elements and we used like the Mbira from Africa and we, he used like, um, a, um, I guess it's like a gourd, like where you, if yeah. you hit the top of it and put water in it, it makes a certain sound. So it, he used all these amazing elements that really brought it all together. And it's, and the song is called Ayibobo and it's basically, um, you know, just, 
saluting and honoring our ancestors and our heroes and the and the the, the heroes that were part of the Haitian Revolution and um you know yeah. the 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 spirit that represents the forest and the spirit that represents the water and the spirit that you know and just um acknowledging them and and paying our respects and and the feedback has been great i feel like we are just responding to the times you know like what we feel is is sort of needed like there's a demand for more spiritual growth at this time That's and right. in that same in that same breath um i've been creating more um art that's for you know that purpose so i before the pandemic i was already creating um paintings and um jewelry that you know have a lot of the symbols the vivas on them mm-hmm. um and those are the earrings yes steadily well but I I made myself a birthday candle again at the, the, the top of the um you know the shutdown lockdown um yep. I I made myself a birthday candle and I I poured this um you know soy wax and I used these essential oils and I put crystals in the candle and then I drew my you know my vivid my choice on the candle right. and I posted it and I got so many inquiries like you know are, are, is this for sale how much <laughs> like, how yes I saw, I felt um, like that too I was like Ooh. <laughs> so I was like well I guess I'm about to make candles I mean it's not <laughs> something that I that I had planned on and you know my husband joked like you know calling me a masha and balin which means like a market lady you know a market lady <laughs> who's selling candles <laughs> and I'm like well it is what it is <laughs> right um so I, that's been that's that's been like my main thing right now is like uh, I'm making a lot of candles and it's, it's so fascinating to me because people they want Ogu they want Ezri Frida they want Dato they need Cindy like that at this time yeah and I mean people aren't necessarily posting it to their page which is okay but it's like to me as long as the work is being done on mm. you know I feel like that's that's a great beginning because mm-hmm. for me, like in a perfect world, we would all live our truth out in the open and you know be out loud about it. But yeah, things take time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you know it's a reform. Um, so so it's so that's been doing really well. Like right now, I have um, a number of 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 candle orders, and they're all you know spiritual tools for for your altar. And I and I love that people are responding well to that and referring their friends and it's all just through word of mouth but um but it's been it's been getting great um traction and i think it's because during this time people are looking to connect more with their heritage with their ancestors with their guides and just sort of like you know explore that more so i'm I'm happy to to be um an assistant in that way yes yes definitely Mm -hmm. a vessel um yeah and that's, it seems like that's another way of of sharing the culture, right? Not just through, you know, there's the dance, but then there's the artistic aspects. And it, it does yeah. seem like there's this whole, you know, even within the last few years in particular, you know, we're seeing really like the kind of fruits of that now of this interest in different forms of spirituality outside of, you know, perhaps Christianity or outside of um you know, uh, I guess Abrahamic religions is how they say it or how it is said. Mm-hmm. Um, and not to, you know, throw one out and or just, you know, disparage one, but like how do we integrate these different parts of ourselves and yeah. our upbringing? I think particularly um, 
being in America or, you know, being um, African-American or being a Caribbean-American, how those, again, like back to that conversation of like assimilation and, and, you know, what's seen as respectable. So I'm Mm -hmm. curious, what do you think, if you had to pick one thing, is Mm -hmm. something that people don't know about Haitian culture that you really want folks to know and sit with? Um, That voodoo is basically, you know, the practice of nature, the the way that I see it. It's just simply put in in layman terms, it's just, um, you know, it's just connecting and acknowledging our the, the ecosystem as a whole, mm-hmm. you know, um, it, it, it has a bad rep, obviously, right. um, and we've seen and heard many things that are incorrect or false or exaggerated, um, mm-hmm. and at the core of it, it's really beautiful, and if we, you know, approach it with an open mind and open heart, we can learn that there's so much, um, it has so much to offer. Um, you know, just like simple acts like lighting a candle and, and pouring out some water and just like sitting with, with your with yourself and, and with you know, just acknowledging, you know, being showing gratitude and, and um acknowledging your ancestors and acknowledging, you know, the breath that you're able to take today and, and these small things that mm-hmm. um I mean, you know, voodoo is very complex. It's not just that of course, but <laughs> but at the at the at the um surface, you know, just at the gates of it, it's really just um, connecting with source. And I feel like people lose sight of that because there's so much, you know, negativity around it. And it has such a strange narrative over the years. And I think, I mean, honestly, that that narrative comes from the fact that it birthed the the first successful Black revolution. So that sort of, to me... (laughs) like the most unforgivable act. So it's like, it's never going to, I mean, not to say never, but it's going to take a long time. It's going to take a lot of work for us to come from under that because they've brainwashed not only the foreign um, community, but the Haitian community as well. So the work Mm -hmm. has to start internally and then work our way out. So it's Mm -hmm. a lot of, it's a lot of work. Um, (laughs) Mm -hmm. But basically, you know, that it's beautiful. And I, I try to, um, promote that in in every way and everything that I do. Even our cuisine, like Haitian cuisine, um, is, so is phenomenal. It's so mm. amazing, <laughs> but people are so strange about it. Like, um, <laughs> to use my neighbor as an example again, but she went to a school that didn't allow you to eat a list of things. They had a list of 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 dishes that they were oh, not allowed to eat while they were wearing the school uniform. So if you have this school uniform on. You cannot eat maimule, which is, um, you know, it's like cornmeal, basically. It's like okay. a delicious meal, but it's associated with, you know, peasants or, yeah. or people from, you know, from the countryside. Right. But it's the most, you know, it's our traditional meal. It's made, for, it's corn. <laughs> it's just crazy. <laughs> so the, the brain, the amount of brainwash, and I, and I just met someone recently here in Brooklyn. I, start, I told him, I said, my husband just made, um, 
somebody went in, do you want to come over and have and was like, nah, he's like, you know, I'm Haitian, I don't eat that. I'm like, what? What? <laughs> That's on the contrary, you should eat it because you're Haitian. It's That's like, right. you should be so proud that you have this dish, like, Ugh, anyways, so now even I that, to. I feel, it's so good. Ugh, you had some when we were in... Um, I was going to say, yep. Yeah. <laughs> you can eat it with bean sauce. You can eat it with fish. It's just so good, and it's filling, and it's nutritious. Yes, it it's just it's just silly, and it's, um, it's just a lie that it's, right. you know, people who are uneducated eat that. That's completely incorrect. So just reforming also through our, our cuisine, because my, my husband, he's a great cook, and he, he makes a lot of traditional dishes, and I'll post them. People are like, oh, my goodness, like, I haven't seen that since I was, you know, a little girl, and we don't eat that here. But, like, it's just, it's insane, the, the misconceptions around sort of, like, you know, mm-hmm. food and, and Haitian culture in general. So mm. so just, you know, doing yeah. work little by little, just chipping away at the the things that we've been told. Definitely. I I see that. Mm -hmm. I see that so Mm -hmm. much um, through all of your work. And and, it's interesting, too, in a place like Brooklyn, where that, you know, you encounter that energy, um, Mm -hmm. you know, within the Haitian community. Um, And so how that work looks like even outside of Haiti in Haitian communities that are in in the States, um, that there is kind of like that decolonizing our own minds um, and the mm-hmm. things we've been taught, you know, and like you said, I think we're in this overall space and time where all of these paradigms that we're used to operating under are shifting, being completely torn apart um, for good, you know, in good ways. Um, and that there's this absolutely intent, there's really an intentional movement right now, I think, to um, understanding this, the ways in which we've been colonized in our minds. Um, Mm -hmm. and how our behaviors and actions and the ways that we even treat each other or look at each other um, in community, how that all kind of shapes and comes up. So Mm -hmm. um, I love to see it. I love to see it. And, you know, your trip really helped me connect with Haitian culture um, in an entirely different way. I'm half Haitian um, because of my birth father, but my Mm -hmm. adopted parents, neither one is Haitian, Um, Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I kind of, it was always this thing that was in the, you know, in the back of my mind that I knew, but it wasn't Mm -hmm. that a culture that I connected to. And also, too, I think that I have my own stigma about it. And not in a bad, not so much bad, like, oh, that's terrible, but Mm -hmm. a little bit of that fear energy of like, oh, what kind of, you know, doors would I open and, Mm -hmm. uh, you know. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, 100. That's understandable. Yeah, sure. yeah. And I think, though, what I've come to see through different types of dance, like I did some Haitian dance in New York with uh, Peniel mm-hmm. and um, doing Afro. Yeah, he's incredible, incredible. Mm-hmm. I'm really mm-hmm. grateful to have studied with him. Um, yeah. and doing different kinds of, like, Orisha dance through Congolese or um, mm-hmm. Afro-Cuban a bit as well, Brazilian. That almost was like an opener for me because Mm -hmm. those are less stigmatized, I feel like. Like, Mm -hmm. Haitian has this this particular stigma and exactly to the point that you were talking about because of Mm -hmm. the the revolutionary uh, Mm -hmm. history and culture, you know, but where it felt more safe, quote unquote, to access it from like these other kinds of Mm -hmm. spiritual traditions. (laughs) But, you know, it's all country cousins at the end of the day. Yeah. Um, 
And and it's interesting to see how we've absorbed, like, which ones are more palatable or safer or or okay um, from Mm -hmm. others. And it was interesting. I was watching an interview with you, um, and you were saying that you're not a priestess or you're not initiated. um, Mm -hmm. And I I loved hearing that, to be honest, because um, I think that there is a level of – fear or kind of like, well, can I even mess with this? Like, Mm -hmm. can I incorporate these, Mm -hmm. the things that I've learned, right? These traditions, these cultures into my life Mm -hmm. if if, if I'm not initiated, right? Like, am I messing with some stuff? Mm -hmm. Um, So, yeah, yeah, that's a big, a big part. Sorry. No, please go. Yeah, no, I want to say um, that's a big, um, a big part of it. That question comes up, you know, quite often um not everyone you know does mm-hmm. that that research or, or looks up those interviews so doesn't doesn't know so I, I mean just the other day i did another interview with someone who asked me just that like how how could you be um you know promoting these things if you're not initiated so you don't actually know that you know it was sort of right. like not, sort of an attack uh-huh. about about it is that um you know it can be very intimidating when you're when you're dealing with someone who's gone through a whole initiation process and and like you said like are you allowed to um access these things if you're if you're not and i mean some people will tell you 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 can't like you won't have access to the spirits if you're not initiated but i i feel personally that that that's not my truth you know um yeah. i that doesn't speak to me and, um, and, and, you know, there were points in my life where I thought maybe I needed to do that, but for the wrong reasons, I felt that. I felt like I needed to do that for credibility, but that's not, mm. that's not the right, the right, um, way to feel. You know, you should feel like, oh, I need to do this because my spirit has asked me to do this or because, yeah. you know, that's, that's something, you know, personal. But I felt like I had to do it because there was so much pressure. Like people kept asking, oh, well, how could you sing these songs if you're not, you know, actually practicing the religion? But it was only made a religion recently. It's hmm. it's not, it's, you know, it's a birthright. It's not any, it doesn't belong to anyone. It's, it's mine also. You know, it's all of ours. Yes. It's not just it's not just the person who went through this extensive. And I mean, I respect everyone who practices and who, who spent years of, you know, learning and, and, and it takes a lot, you know, to go through that process. But I also feel that I've opened sort of, it's like an open invitation to people who want to learn and not necessarily, you know, dive all the way in just yet. Maybe that's not that, that we're not at that point of your journey yet. Mm-hmm. And maybe, you know, down the line, you'll feel that that's necessary. And, and you know, I always encourage people to, to use your intuition and, and to do what you feel is best for your journey. But there's not one recipe that works for everyone. So, yeah, it's an unpopular um, <laughs> <laughs> it's an unpopular stance because, you know, it's a business also. People, you know, it costs a lot of money to, to be that's initiated right. and and all of these things, and it's sort of like is reminiscent of like the church, all almost because yes, they're, they're, I agree. Yeah, so it, it's it's you know that part is very layered, um, and I don't want to um, I don't want to upset anyone like in the Voodoo community because I again I pay my respect to them and I, I, I there's there's so many of them who are doing amazing things, but Absolutely. there are also many who are 
you know, extorting people and, and doing it for the wrong reasons and, and teaching people the wrong information and just, you know, just, mm-hmm. and that's what gives it the bad rep. And people have had so many negative experiences with it. That's why they sort of run back like, oh, my gosh, like, can you recommend anyone? I'm like, honestly, like, you, you know, I always encourage people to just like listen to themselves. Like we have so many answers already. We just need to learn how to listen to to that. Yes. It's not, Quiet it's not down. you know, yeah, it's not, it's not, um, it's easier said than done, but, mm-hmm. but we have so much, um, <laughs> here comes that ice cream truck. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we have so much, um, already if we, if only we, you know, we, we figure out how to, um, how to just embrace that and, and tap into that space. So, so yeah, I'm, I'm not, um, initiated. I'm happy that you, you brought it up and that, you know, that you felt that that was a positive thing because um, oftentimes people were like, wait, what? Like, mm. but you, but you, you present yourself as such. And I'm like, no, I've never said. <laughs> no, that's <laughs> never people make an assumption. Yeah, that's your projection. That's <laughs> what right. you thought I should be because if I'm doing this, then I had to be that. But, you know, I am what I am. I've, I've, I've adored um, Haitian culture and Haitian culture to me is voodoo. Like there's no, it it goes hand in hand. It's not just like a part of it. It's not like a niche, um, you know, thing. It it is the core. So if Mm. you're gonna, you know, if you're speaking the native tongue Creole, that's voodoo in itself. Like the, Mm. you know, that was the language that they spoke in that ceremony. So all of it, you know, just goes hand in hand. So I just, um, I just do what I love. <laughs> I feel <laughs> and and um and and if it fall, you know, and I feel like you know it just happens to fall in that in that category, and everything you know sort of comes back to voodoo. So so that's what I I, I embrace, and I I'm always you know I'm I'm always learning and and informing myself and and trying to get new information. And there's so much different information out there also with voodoo. It's like it's not just one. Because there's different, uh, you know, different regions and different mm. different tribes and different practices, so it's it's it varies and um, it's been very interesting. I mean, you know, it's like that in, in many practices, but um, but it, it's very it's fascinating and it's it's endless. I feel I feel like it'll mm. take me life lifetimes to really yeah. you know fully understand and 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 grasp. Um, Mm-hmm. <laughs> all of it yeah <laughs> yes yes I appreciate that because it's um it's given me a lot of permission to um think about how my connection to voodoo and 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 folkloric dance and Haitian culture in general and even in terms of the other types of um Orisha dancing that I've been doing, whether it's through, you know, Afro-Cuban or um, Mm -hmm. Afro-Brazilian teachers. And that, you know, it's the same thing where I'm like, yes, I know what I'm, I know what I'm doing. Meaning Mm -hmm. that these instructors that I'm with are holding an Mm -hmm. incredible container. They're explaining Mm -hmm. to us what's going on, why we're doing the Mm -hmm. things, how to Mm -hmm. embody that energy. And what I've had to really sit with um, is that distinction that you've made about the difference between culture and a religion, right? And that mm-hmm. a religion can be part of the culture, but it doesn't mm-hmm. have to dictate how you access these pieces of the culture, you know? Yeah. And so mm-hmm. as I've been just on a personal, like, 
I don't want to call it a religious journey. Um, and mm-hmm. I think that's a lot of what the idea of this podcast, Spirit in the Material World, is about, is that we are mm-hmm. all spirits in this 3D world, you know, mm-hmm. and we're all trying to figure it out. Um, right. And and our relationship with spirit changes throughout our lives on a day-to-day mm-hmm. basis, on an hourly mm-hmm. basis sometimes, especially with what we're going through. Yes. And so, you know, some of it is really, I think, for a lot of us giving ourselves the permission to explore these things, to study these things. And, you know, I think as long as we're coming from a place of respect and reverence, mm-hmm. that it's okay. And and yeah. similarly to what you were saying, like part of why I've never been initiated um because of people's funky experiences with e-lays mm-hmm. and different stuff. And I'm like, man, mm-hmm. I could just go to Creflo Dollars Church. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? If I want mm-hmm. to be. So, yeah. you know, who, for me, it's always been a question of who do I trust to be a guide mm-hmm. to me and to be a teacher to me and to help me access these deeper wells of knowledge. And like you said, it is an intuitive um, process. And sometimes, mm-hmm. You know, maybe we we don't get the right guidance, or maybe we follow something that's not you know ultimately good for ourselves. But mm-hmm. um, you know, we have to allow ourselves the opportunity to explore these things because they were taken away from us, and mm-hmm. also our ancestors worked so hard mm-hmm. to maintain them for us. So it, yeah. in, in this time, it feels like a responsibility um, as well as a blessing. So. Yeah, absolutely. One hundred percent. They worked, you know, very hard. <laughs> mm-hmm. They worked mm-hmm. very, very hard. So the least we can do is, you know, educate ourselves and, you know, and see what comes. I feel, right. I feel, yeah. But it's like you said, if you come from a place of respect, um, then you can't go wrong. That's right. That's right. Yeah. So this has been great. I want to know, tell me when um, your new song is going to be out. Is it out already? Um, yes, it is out. It's yay. out. It's on all streaming platforms. It's on um, iTunes and Spotify, all that good stuff. And it's called Aibobo. Yes. And um, it's under our band name, Boyo Music, B-O-H-I-O. Um, Perfect. It's the band, yeah, that my husband and I sing in together, and you can find Amazing. it there. And the, there's a video on YouTube, but you know, it's like at home, filmed with our iPhones type That's like great. video. Yeah, <laughs> I love <laughs> we'll do, it. We'll do, do, yeah, you two are incredible. You two are so special. It was so good to see y'all travel. Like to be to travel with the, with with both of you was yeah. a joy. It was amazing. I had such a beautiful time. (laughs) I'm so happy that we got to do that. It was really um, just magical, amazing. Yes. I was looking at some of the video from um, when we were in Amiga Island and doing Mm -hmm. the Yanvalu dancing and um, just watching Monvelino like drumming as we're dancing Mm -hmm. and you know, it just was like you know, seeing how you two really um, reflect each other's light, I think is really beautiful and special. So um, I'm going to tell folks to check out your incredible wedding. I watched that YouTube video too. The Gede wedding was so fresh. (laughs) Yes, thank you. That was such a beautiful experience as well. I I would do it over and over again. Yes, yes. And another way that you weave in 
cultural learning into this like shared experience of a wedding, yeah. which is something like, you know, you kind of have a construct for, you know? Yeah, for sure. So that was a tough one for many people to swallow. <laughs> yeah. you they got it. over it though. Yeah. <laughs> like too bad you're here. Welcome. Yeah. <laughs> right. Fantastic. Have a seat. <laughs> right. That's exactly it. <laughs> Thank you so much, Reva. You are truly Thank a gem. You. I appreciate um, you. Yeah, this has been really, really special. I always love speaking with Reva, and I'm so grateful for our connection and all she is doing for the culture. Since we are talking about travel, I want to share a bit of this live acoustic set from Reva and Monvelino during our last dinner together in Aieti. They sound so beautiful and synchronous in person, but their recorded music is just as fly. Make sure you support Bohio Music on iTunes, Spotify, and all the things. I hope you enjoy as much as we did. This is another original song. Um, it's called Loa. It's named after our daughter, Loa. Aww. And it's also FAMO, which means women. So it's a song to all women, strong women, Haitian women, mothers you know, women, women, just women in general, because we hold shit down all the time. (laughs) Yes, we do. And, and, um, you know, sorry not to keep talking, but um, someone was saying before how, you know, men, or you were saying how different men hold different energies, and and Movolino actually, as you were saying, like a man who really loves women, he has that love for fun. his mother and <laughs> for women in general. And, and then this is written by Mobilino Osamu. It's his, it's his song, so it, it says a lot that he gave a complete, you know, dedication to women. Maman la vie, conscience l'esprit, 
seu que vai, seu que prend. Passe le calme de Bruno, nous portons garçon sous dos. Nification grand mono, tout passe pas en femme. Neuf mois avant de en femme. La vie a cherché des femmes. Naissance après naissance. Relais toute femme, maman. C'est pas parfait, pas Côté planète, yo gravité. Femme, où c'est soleil, lumière éclairée, l'univers, révolution, accrotation. Si ou pas là, pas gain ni jour, pas gain ni mois, pas gain l'année, pas gain saison, pas gain la vie. the last episode I do about Ayati and the brief time I spent there. It did feel like a divinely orchestrated trip and one of those experiences that changed me from the core. I oddly feel more confident and comfortable with this other piece of my identity that I couldn't feel connected to or rightfully claim. I prayed to be connected to my loving ancestors and to be guided safely as I explored more of my heritage. Thank you to my dear friend and guide, Manolia Charlotin, for seeing me as a Haitian sister and bringing me home to dance. Being with other Haitian women who were deepening their connection to the culture helped me feel less isolated or silly. I now feel like I can claim my Haitian heritage without being an imposter. 
I know that sounds silly and no one can define me but me. But I speak no Creole and a lot of cultural associations are lost on me. But that matters less now because I know what is in my blood and in my heart. I come from a revolutionary people and explains a lot of my passion, especially for justice. I'm not only a former New Yorker with zero chill, I'm also a Caribbean woman, so you already know I don't fuck around. Anywho, let me simmer myself down and sign off. Thank you so much for listening to Spirit in the Material World. I hope you'll continue to engage. Let me know what you thought about the episode. So hit me up on IG. I'm Jana Zinzi, at Jana Zinzi, J-A-N-N-A-Z, or Z-I-N-Z-Z-I. Or check us out at Wander Women Travels. Wander and then women with an X, travels, all one word, also on the gram, to stay in touch. I want to really hear about your travel adventures and get some inspiration, especially in these quarantine days. Thanks for tuning in. And looking forward to connecting again. Peace and blessings.